0: Let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos More chaos More chaos
1: That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net Unbelievable game, the two great teams going at it
2: Compared to the other series item, he just looks like the new Cafu or something
1: We are making a documentary about how <laughs> shit our club is <laughs> VR is bullshit
0: Who is the biggest cheater in football
1: tonight? I can without a fucking doubt Without a fucking doubt
0: Good evening, Sunday night, uh, 10th of October We're doing a Babble show, we might revert back to Sundays We're going to try it anyway It's myself, Phil, Steve and Jonathan on the podcast tonight Hello gentlemen Good evening Sorry, I was eating galaxy there. So, uh, fair play to you. your timing; it's just impeccable. <laughs> um, yes, uh, Brenton unfortunately is feeling a bit poorly, and well, Pat Patty's excused, and that's all we'll say on the matter. Patrick is excused, and giggity, good giggity. luck to him. Giggity, giggity. um, yeah, we're we just doing a podcast, and it's it's obviously international breaks on this week. Um, myself and John talked about it on Thursday night. We weren't really paying too much attention to it. I think those Steve might have watched last night's animax, so we might be touching that briefly as well at some point. But the main crux of tonight's show is to talk about the takeover of Newcastle United Football Club and the maybe the possibly the, the feeling towards it from all of us. Uh, on the babble, some of the pieces that have been written about it, some of the things that have been said about it, some of the arguments for and against it. So we're just going to try and get in that tonight and just shoot the breeze on our thoughts. On this takeover Um, Steve you weren't on Thursday night Obviously with me and Johnny When the news broke And we we briefly touched on it But your initial reaction to this And we'll get into it
2: deeper As the podcast goes on Um, It's bullshit I think Um, We have owners in the Premier League That are very very wealthy Incredibly wealthy individuals and they pale in comparison to what is a nation state buying a team. And if they can, everyone really can say all they want. The people involved in the actual takeover bid can say all they want. But this is Saudi Arabia, one of the richest countries in the world, buying a football club and essentially buying their way to success um, and sports washing what is a series of atrocities and human rights um, abuses that has gone on since the foundation of the state of Saudi Arabia. So yeah, it's fun to talk about football, but that's not what this is at all. And you know, we're we'll probably touch on this at various points overnight, the night, but like some of the reaction in the Premier League saying it's oh it's about financial fair play and things like that, or it's they have different concerns. Let's face it, like the Premier League, you know, were happy to side with PSG, also owned by a nation state. When it came to fighting the super league um so they're standing in this it's a bit pocket of black for me um, but overall i think it's an awful thing for football i think ultimately it will be an awful thing for newcastle because this is not going to last as well that's the other side of these things um and i have to say it, it's sparked a lot of questions in my mind about about football fandom Because watching the reaction of some of the Newcastle fans, A, talking about what they deserve, but B, talking about how, oh, well, Mike Mike Ashley was bad too. Like, how do you compare what Mike Ashley has done, which is basically be a prick to his workers with everything that the state of Saudi Arabia has done? Um, Like, I just just don't get it. Like, for the sake of winning a football match. And at the end of the day... That's all this is, is winning some football matches uh, and what people are willing to let slide. It's just, to me, every time you think football can't sink any lower, it just goes ahead and proves that it absolutely can. There is no floor.
0: And Johnny, now that you've had a couple of days to look at it and read about it and listen about it, what do you make on the whole situation?
1: Um, I don't like it, obviously. Um I mean, Steve said about about football and the state it's in. I mean, footballs went to the dogs since nineteen ninety three or whenever the Premier League was formed with Sky. Um, that that kicked all this sort of nonsense off with money in the game, and then Abramovich came along, kicked it up another level, and then City and now Newcastle have just. I mean, speaking of the Newcastle fans, they say it's going to be something like three to four percent of of the wealth of these Saudi Arabians will be pumped in the Newcastle, but that's still, I think it's still like 9.6 billion or, or around that figure anyway. Um, to, to kind of look past what's been going on in Saudi Arabia and, and so on, I mean, talking to my mates that support Newcastle are delighted, uh, like every other Newcastle fan. Uh, I don't know. I told you on Thursday, Phil. I'm very conflicted with the whole thing. Um, I, I like Newcastle as a club. Um, yeah. But I don't. I don't agree, and I and I am the same as you, Phil. I think maybe you've been saying I'm not buying the shit that you know Saudi Arabians are are not really involved. It just kind of helped finance this. You know, it's it's bullshit. Like they're they're involved. It's quite obvious. Um, how it got through, I don't know. But I mean. I, I I can't really. Roman is just dirty laundry. City's owners are bound to have dirty laundry. The Cronkies are bound to have it as well. Like these people don't get rich for no reason. You know, there there's some way or, or or some reason behind the, the riches that these these people these organizations have. Um, and you know, my, my mate said to me the other day, like if people want to go on and talk about morals. You know that you you won't watch Disney, you won't put fuel in your car, you know all this sort of stuff, and yeah, he's right in a way, but I suppose maybe some Newcastle fans are just trying to ignore the fact that the Saudis have done awful things to people and probably will continue to do so. And I mean, football fans are very fickle; they don't care as long as their team is successful, and like that—that's really all that matters to them at the end of the day. if, If we really cared. You know, the Premier League and Sky wouldn't have got their way, you know, nearly 30 years ago. The mm-hmm. brown of this world, the cities of this world wouldn't have been PSGs. But it's just the way football's going. And, you know, there's, there's obviously been brown envelopes passed through there, you know, you know what I mean? And I know it's, it's a bit wild to say, like, brown envelopes and passed through the Premier League. But we, we've seen through these organisations in FIFA, UEFA, Premier League, all they care about is promoting their brand. You know that this is obviously a big story for the Premier League. This is putting them in the headlines again, and with having basically what we would say are three super clubs in Chelsea, City, and Newcastle now, who could go and buy whoever they want. I know, I know. Me and Brenton had a bit of a discussion about. You know, Stan Kroenke is the fourth richest owner for Arsenal. Like Arsenal are the fourth richest, technically, in terms of what their owners are worth in the Premier League. But there's a massive difference between Abramovich and the Cronkies. Um Kronkies will go out and fucking buy Kylian Mbappe every two hundred million for Arsenal, there's no chance. It's just it's it kind of it kind of makes me feel the way I did when the Super League was, was chatted about. Um could you even be bothered anymore? Like I mean it's just going like I, I Brenton asked me why I don't like Abramovich and it's because he started uh pretty much it's not a level playing field because who really is going to compete with Chelsea financially maybe Bar United and then City and now it's going to be Newcastle like who is going to be able to compete with Newcastle because at the end of the day no one if if City offer them wages of 200, 300 million or, or sorry 300,000 you know Newcastle can just come in and double that now and it's absolutely no bother to them and I, like what's what's the point of even you know the likes of the Arsenal's and Tottenham's of this world trying to you know compete with these teams like there's there's no chance there's there's no chance like what is the point it just kind of makes me feel like what's the point of even getting excited about a Premier League season anymore and it's not it's not a dig at Newcastle fans like on, on none of the Newcastle mm. guys that I know like I'm you know they're happy and that's good and you know fair play is enjoy it you know enjoy the rage you want to go through like but like what what's the point of any of the rest of us even getting excited like because what Liverpool have done there recently when they've sold well and bought well like you just need to get so lucky with, with players because if it comes down to, to wages you know City, Chelsea and, and Newcastle now and are just going to blow us all out of the water it's just not a level playing field at all and it, it never will be and it should have been regulated FAP was brought in to regulate all this shit and it should have happened when Abramovich came in but it wasn't it's, it's been a fucking absolute joke and it's just getting worse. Yeah, and the, no... tube is,
2: the tube is, or the toothpaste as well, and truly out of the tube at this stage. And it, there's just no getting it back in. And I think when you have a situation where one owner could afford to buy out every single other owner combined in a league, <laughs> that's when you're in trouble. Like, you're in massive trouble. Like you said, how do you, like, you know, we, before we start recording, Phil and I were talking about various US sports. One of the best things about US sports to keep things balanced is that there's a salary cap. You have to
0: stay
2: Yeah, you have to stay within the limit. You can't you have X number or you have X million dollars to spend a year on players in terms of their salary. And you can't go over that. If you are, you're like really heavily penalized. But the difference is there's no transfers in those sports. So players walk for contracts. They don't, There's you can't buy players out with their contracts. They can either be traded or, and that goes against EU anti-competition laws. So this is kind of one of those situations, you know, the law of unintended consequences, which is brought in because of Jean-Marc Bosman, you know, to give players freedom of movement. And I absolutely agree, like you and I, if we wanted to change jobs, we should be able to go wherever we want. Completely get that. But football has this weird added dimension where if I move to another company, nobody's paying for my contract, paying off my contract. I can just walk away, give everyone's yeah. an notice and walk away. That doesn't happen in football, you know? Um, and one, thing, one thing that's really annoyed me, and I don't want to piss off Newcastle fans that listen to this podcast. I really don't. But I keep hearing about, you know, Newcastle are a big club. They deserve this. In the last hundred years, Newcastle have won the first division once and the FA Cup three four times maybe like that's not a fucking big club like i'm sorry but like these owners don't buy big clubs when roman Abramovich bramovich bought chelsea they were a small club because big clubs wouldn't entertain them when manchester city were bought they were a small club because big clubs wouldn't entertain them the saudi royal family tried to buy manchester united in the 1980s through british aerospace it was it was like a really underhanded deal that Martin Edwards and the Manchester United board saw through and said, "Absolutely not. We are not having this." Like, like that's how far back these these type of owners have been trying to buy big clubs. Liverpool won't sell to oil money. Manchester United won't sell to oil money. Arsenal probably won't sell to oil money because they're they are not the type of clubs that these 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 type of owners yeah. are willing to buy because they want to buy a team that desperate for success and none of those clubs that i've mentioned united liverpool arsenal are desperate for success because they've had success they've done it the way you're supposed to do it they've done it on a level playing field and this is all this is doing is creating a completely uphill uh, playing field for everybody else like we got excited at the start of this season you know on this podcast that this was going to be one of the closest premier league races we saw in a long time there's maybe three four clubs Maybe up to five clubs that could be challenging for the title come April and May. And now all of a sudden, all anyone can think about is, well, Newcastle are going to sign Killing and Mbappe and pay him 600,000 euro a week. Like, that, how do you get excited about that? Like, how does anyone in France get excited watching PSG beat up on everyone except Leon? Like, like there's nothing, like, there's no, I, I've watched enough Scottish football to know there's nothing good about having one or two teams dominate a league. There's absolutely no joy from that this is and that's what sport is supposed to be it's supposed to be something we look forward to on weekends you're supposed to go oh like you know at the start of every season everyone's got a chance we've seen Leicester we've seen Blackburn like those stories just stop happening once that this money starts coming in at the bigger clubs as well and look I realize the irony of United in a United fan talking about this when the Glazers and what they've done with Manchester United and you know you talk about Abramovich started all of this and he did but the Glazers started the idea, for me anyway, of football being a purely business operation and a way for teams, a way for, for rich individuals to get richer. Uh, whereas before, the likes of, of, of like you know, Blackburn's owners and stuff like that, that was their personal money they were sticking in. It was a labour of love. And I'm not saying that's right either, but at least it was a level playing field. Like At least it was somewhat fair. And this is just this is obscene. And that's before we even get into like the atrocities that have been committed by the Saudi Arabian government. Um, like, and how people can just look past that as if, as I said, it's Mike Ashley not paying his workers enough. Like, that's bad. But it's not the same thing as, you know, inviting a journalist into a consulate and chopping him up into pieces. Like, it's not the same thing at all. Like, um, and it, some of the reaction, particularly from journalists, you know who were all fucking jissui charlie hebdo when you know the attack happened on the charlie hebdo magazine in france and are all now like oh well it's a good thing you know it's challenging the status quo in football like ah. henry
0: winter yeah and I, I probably shouldn't name someone but i don't give a fuck this is the the football bubble he can he can get so far into the fucking sea with some of the nonsense he's been putting out so far into it like and and Another thing as well, just before we move on, people are also criticising journalists for talking about this and talking about the death of Jamal. Um, I can't remember in seconds, so I'm going to butch this, Kasoglu, for criticising uh, criticizing, uh, cr- criticizing um, the Saudi takeover. That's their job.
2: Yeah.
0: A good journalist will go and criticise this, will speak about it, will write about it, will go and investigate it. That is their job. And yes, these same journalists will go to Qatar because Qatar has to be reported on, that World Cup has to be reported on. As I think it was, I know he possibly isn't a friend of a few people on this show, but Miguel Delaney said today, I think he was talking, you have to go and report on it because otherwise then people wouldn't hear about it. And people have to hear about these stories. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I th- th- There's two sides to this takeover. Uh, there is obviously the, the wealth, which is... Wild, it's it's actually when you look at it, it, it you can you should you can giggle at it because it's just that stupid. Like, they could literally buy every other team in the league now, it's like, right, you're done, dust, mental, and that is one side of it. And then there's the human rights side, which I like, I think we're all agree is, is the bigger side. And it's like, hang on, here, how are these allowed to do this? How is Mohammed bin Asaman allowed? to take over a football club because, like as, as we talk about it on Thursday night, Johnny, they've just called it the public investment fund and we're all just like, oh, fair enough. That's, <laughs> yep, that's legit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it, it, like, it It's, like, it's absolutely stupid and, I, I like, the Premier League, I, I we sort of debated on it last night, Johnny, in the WhatsApp group. There's a lot of the other, I think maybe all 19 in the Premier League clubs uh, yeah. motioned, they're, they're all unhappy. unhappy. Um, last night now there is obviously some of that's very hypocritical. Um, other ones are probably justified, but <laughs> the Premier League have shot themselves in the hole here by letting this come through. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I they had s- such a chance to correct the fit and proper owners. Um, uh application form to make sure things like this didn't happen, pardon me, to make sure people that are, um, have, have murdered other journalists are, are or certainly were heavily, heavily involved and have been named by, uh, like I think it was the CIA named uh, MBS for the murder of Jamal Tasoglu and yet the Premier League, once everything seems to have got sorted with BN, once TV rights were sorted, this was passed? And yet, the Premier League were absolutely buoyant with all of us all over the globe and all over all over the UK, all over Ireland, all over Europe, all, all over the globe, as I said, all the fans of, of teams in the Premier League and all the Super League teams coming out in support, making sure Super League didn't happen. And team, and then fans of Premier League within, well, a couple of months, bang. It's, it is like, I don't, the money, whatever, right? They're the richest club in the world now. Good for them. Fuck it, I don't care. Your owners are soulless, horrible cretins. Good luck days with them, right? But the the whole the whole human rights issue behind it, and, and they they get the players to um do things for human rights, and, and the players are very vocal to do things for the LGBT community. Obviously, people are taking the knee. There's all the dish, different initiatives. Marcus, Marcus Rashford is literally leading the country by himself, and. Then when they get the chance to take all that oil money out of Saudi Arabia, they pull the trigger on it, and away it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it, I think I think a lot of sorry, 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 I think a lot of the criticism is right the way it's going at sorry, the owners and what's been going on here, but there hasn't been enough fucked at the Premier League. There hasn't been enough come out of the Premier League. It hasn't it hasn't come out yet. It's, there has been a lot of focus, rightly so, on who has taken over Newcastle what is going on away from football with them, what still goes on in Saudi Arabia and how they treat people. Um. Uh, uh, but not a lot of it yet has turned on the big wigs, the Premier League, uh, for an explanation as how this can possibly happen.
2: Yeah, you're right, because like, the Premier League can do all the rainbow laces they want, they can do all the taking the knee they want, but you you have to walk the walk as well as talk the talk, and in this situation they have welcomed in a regime that don't give an absolute shite about the LGBTQ plus community that are responsible like, well they let, well, let newcastle players were remember this is it yeah this is this part of it like this is a massive part of it we're not gonna we're not gonna really see the full extent of this for a couple of seasons but as always in these cases like it, you're right you know we've we're rightly critical of Newcastle and uh, we're rightly critical of the new owners but it is the Premier League like it was when when we talked about the the Super League it's not necessarily the club's fault because you can well certainly in the case of like the likes of Barcelona and Madrid you can see why they wanted to get involved in it. It's the people behind it. It's people financing it, and the Premier League have voted to allow this only as you said because they got the TV rights issue sorted out. Like mm. that's not yeah. what they should have been looking at
1: here. I just the- say I I don't blame like I'm not I don't, I'm not critical of Newcastle fans because no they're no. they're excited and. I suppose I maybe they do have a right, but well, I know you are. But I suppose I suppose they do have a right. Like, I mean, what what the saddest thing for me is I seen somebody um, put it on Twitter the other day. Like, in like five years' time, the the Super Sunday game, the big game for the Premier League, is going to be like Newcastle against Man City, and I mean they can take their face for shade. It will never be as big as United Arsenal was in the day or Liverpool United, You know, like. They were they were proper games, proper teams. They, they weren't built on oil money, and people can say whatever the fucking want about Arsenal, and I have have said I'm incredible the they their fucking shape. But Arsenal went through shit times in the seventies, neat easily. They had to build themselves back up again to win league titles again. Yeah. You know, and that that was through recruitment and players, players like Tony Adams who came through. It wasn't through some fucking dick from Saudi Arabia or Qatar or Russia or whatever pumping money into the team we just we just had people at the club who cared about the club and more arsenal people and you know like i just fucking cannot just like accept the fact that at newcastle against man city are like it's going to be the biggest fucking game in the Premier league in like five years now and and steve you're right like we aren't going to see the full effect of this for a couple of couple of seasons because like we'll, we'll see what to do in january we'll see who to bring in um, from from what I've been chatting with I mean, him, he said they're not going to go out and buy the likes of Mbappe as a Hollands and stuff like that. But we'll see, you know, we'll see what 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 to buy in January, what to buy in the summer. Because well, here's there's...
2: something for you: like Holland has spent the last two years protesting the World Cup in Qatar. If he signs for Saudi Arabia. I mean, <laughs> I mean, where does where, where where does he stand in people's minds if he does that? Like, do you know what I mean? And you would, like, to think that there are going to be certain players who will take a moral stand. But then you look at Messi and what he's done with PSG and getting involved in the sports watching there. It's, like, and look, when I say I'm critical of Newcastle fans, all I'm saying is that just because Mike Ashley was bad does not mean that a regime that regularly tortures and murders people just for being born gay is better. That's all I'm saying. It's, like, that's not worth I, I understand that you're glad to be rid of Mike Ashley. I completely get that. It's still not worth celebrating the new owners because this is frying pan and fire stuff. Um, and do I understand it? Do I understand that they've come from decades and decades of of thinking they're a big club and the frustration of never actually getting over the hump? Uh, absolutely, I do. But at the same time, like just take a second to look at, the optics of wearing a fucking tea towel on your head and dancing outside James St. James's Park, like even just nonsense like that, like I just don't understand people sometimes. Like, and look, I get for some people football probably means everything to them, and you know it's their their entire weekend is ruined if if their team loses, or it's makes it makes their month if they beat a big rival. Get all that. I totally get that. I've been that fan. I am that fan. But it's just a game of football. Like, there's so much more going on here. And, you know, I know what you're saying. And I know what Newcastle fans are saying about, oh, well, you wouldn't put futures in your car if you were really against Saudi Arabia. And have you ever seen that meme of, like, you know, the guy popping up and saying, oh, you hate society, but yes, you participate in it? Like, that's exactly what it reminds me of. Like, this spot about Like, It's just. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is that the Premier League has effectively decided that it doesn't matter how bad an owner is, they are going to let you into this club because they want that sweet, sweet, sweet TV money that's going to come from having a Saudi Arabian-owned team involved in the Premier League. And it's just sad. If that's all it is, it's just sad. And I do think, yeah, like of all the people I'm critical of here, it's the Premier League who I'm most annoyed
1: at. Um, Who do you think are going to be next? Because it, let's be also, honest, yeah, it doesn't happen. stop here. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think the next team will be Tottenham. I hope it's not Liverpool. It won't because, be Liverpool. I don't
2: think it will <clears> for the reason <throat> I was, I think Tottenham or West Ham. I think it'll be a London team, a smaller London team, and they're both the
0: I think it'll be West Ham. I, see
1: Spurs
0: I think there's have already some. I, know, I think there's already someone who's trying to buy West Ham. I think someone's on with The Athletic and Mark Chapman I, I missed this part of that podcast but I think there was someone was on um and maybe google it here where we're talking at uh, two uh, and they are possibly trying to buy West Ham but I don't think it's on the scale of Saudi Arabia buying um, Newcastle but I do think there is something but, but to like, for that
2: there is literally like four people in the world who could probably be on that scale and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk probably aren't buying a Premier League team anytime soon Um, and that's a whole other podcast if Amazon got involved considering that they own the rights to certain things you know TV wise and then they own the team all that kind of stuff is so messy like it's so so messy and it's just like I've spent the days since the news was announced, just shaking my head. And it's not because I'm like, oh, well, United are never going to come back to it now. It's that they don't have the chance. They don't have the opportunity of a level playing field. You know, things are hard enough with City and Chelsea, you know, and the wages that they can offer players and things like that, and the contracts they can they can sign. Um, but with this, this is as as JD started the podcast with, this is this is a different ball game altogether like you know the Newcastle are now playing 4D chess and everyone else is playing knots and crosses like I don't know do you call it <laughs> knots and crosses or X's and O's I don't know and I can never remember what the right way to call it is. Same
0: with that. Same thing
2: yeah but like that that's what's happening uh, in terms of the financial strength that they have and look like you know if you can if you honestly as a Newcastle fan can put your hand on your heart if Newcastle win a title in the next three years and say to yourself, yeah, we earned this. Well, fair play to you, because, like, I hope you get nice presents off Santa this Christmas as well. (laughs) What happens... (laughs) What happens if... If Newcastle get relegated this season? Oh, it'd be fucking amazing is what would happen. I would have the biggest party. (laughs) I would honestly... I would host everyone in the Babble, and we'd burn Newcastle in Sunderland kits uh, yeah <laughs> in Sunderland kits yeah exactly no I, it would be just astonishingly good and uh, do you know what would even be better if they sack Bruce before he gets to manage a 1000th game Um, that would be even better even stranded on 999 Um, yeah like that's the only good that could come out of this is that Newcastle get relegated. Um, it's the only good thing I can see coming out of it. And then what happens? Like they obviously romp the championship, but like it does delay. I suppose all it does is delay the inevitable. Um, sadly, but as funny as it would be, it just delays what's going to eventually happen.
1: Do you have any opinion it- on Newcastle players? You know they've been quite vocal on their social medias with about the fans. She's you know, all deserve this or like. I've seen Joe Willick put it up because I still follow him. Uh, Saint Maximum as well is putting stuff up. It's um, they all seem very well. I mean, obviously they're all very behind it, but I mean, let's be honest. Majority of those Newcastle players are going to be hoofed out the door over the next year or two. Can but, you think of anyone
2: in that squad who's actually going to be there in two seasons' time?
1: I don't.
0: I don't know if they'll go mad like that though, and just buy. I don't. I don't know if they'll go absolutely wild at it. They will eventually buy premium players. I'd imagine, but like the first player they've been linked with, James Kortowski. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like there, yeah, yes, there is this element. They can pay the wages whatever they want. That's totally fine. That's you pay whatever you want. Big son, pump money into it all around you, but, and, um, I'm I mind I'll probably not be a lever if anyone ever knows me, a Newcastle after I say this. It is Newcastle you'll be going to. You know, up up far north where it's very, very cold. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like it, it's a great city full of brilliant, 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 amazing people, but you're still gonna be going to Newcastle United Football Club. Do you know? Yeah. So I don't I, I don't know if if they're gonna get they'll, what they'll do is They'll get. They'll not. I don't think they'll get the high high caliber. I don't think they'll get the top top drawer. But they'll get like uh, the B list mercenaries. Do you know? I could see them going for because uh, he he's obviously out of form. Right, he's been injured. I could see them going for Coutinho in January, and Barcelona is saying, yeah, we need the money, off you go, I think someone like James Grotowski, yeah, Mario Accardi, who's still obviously quite a good football player, but isn't getting started at PSG, people like that, I can't see them going for the top, top drawer, and, and why would the top, top drawer go there, again, why would you, and this is literally, I know this sounds mental, but like, why would you? Why, why would Mbappe go to Newcastle Regard unless he is literally obsessed with earning as much money as he can and he doesn't give a shit, then as you yeah. said about Newcastle fans that might want to sell a real league title, fair play to him, yeah. turn on. I but
2: was saying, why, I, the, why, why the would he you... goes about four inches long, an inch and a half high and has a picture of Queen Elizabeth II on mm. lots and lots and lots of them. That's the only reason. Like, you're not going there because of the culture. You're not going there because you've heard. If you're Kylian Mbappe, you're not going to Newcastle because you've heard of how vocal. That's why you'll say, I heard about how much the fan base loves the team and what it means to the city. And they'll do all the PR stuff and they'll have the lovely Instagram posts and things like that. But, like, Kylian Mbappe is not going to Newcastle to replace Dwight Gale for the love of the people of Newcastle. He's going for the uh. loan of his bank account and his kids' bank accounts and his grandkids' bank accounts. And that's fair play, but be honest about it. Like, that's all you ever ask in these situations. Like, turn around and say, do you know what? I'm here for the money. Like I am here yeah. for that though and that is all, it's the only reason I've come to Newcastle, a team he's probably never heard of. Like, Is there any reason Kylian Mbappe, other than the news that they've been bought by like, some of the richest people in the world, would have heard of Newcastle? When was the last time they played in Europe?
1: He'll probably say Alan Shearer was his idol growing up. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Boyhood club. Newcastle were actually and Mbappe's boyhood club. Um, like it's
0: it's a, it, it's a great place. The people are absolutely yeah, amazing. The Geordies are one of a kind. But it's not, you're not going, it's not Milan or Madrid, London, Paris, I know Paris, Rome. It's not, you know, it's not that. It's It's, it's Newcastle, way up north, the top of England, who have been away from Europe for years, who have been nowhere near winning anything for years, and I still yes, you can have all the money you want, but I still am just like how I don't I don't see where, unless as we said, they're literally mercenaries. Then whatever, but that isn't going to be the makings of a good team. What do you think that football now still has a chance to fix itself? By doing something like they do in the American system, what do you think about that, Johnny?
1: No, I mean, fo- I I said earlier football's been dead from ninety three, in in England anyway. Come on, like as if they're gonna bring that in. The, the, the Premier League want the mm-hmm. biggest and best players in their league, and if they put a wage cap and all this sort of nonsense on, that's never gonna happen. Not about the Premier League. I mean, just in football in general. Uh, no, football no. across <laughs> the board. It won't happen. There's too many super clubs now with your PSG's and like Real Madrid would never go for that either because it would stop them going out and banning Mbappe's and, and things like that. Um, yeah. I mean, like even think about it, it wasn't even that long ago that Madrid and Barcelona were having some ops, like, banging games. Like, you know, 1-11 on these team was just fucking incredible players. Like, And now look at that jar shaked over in Spain like both of them. Like, I know Barcelona are maybe in a bit of a worse state than, than Madrid, like. but fucking hell, like, you just look around Europe now and even at, at some of the clubs, you know, your Milan teams, you know, Madrid, Barcelona, even Juventus, fucking Juventus have been in a couple of the Champions League finals recently, like, and look at the state of the end now, and now fucking, and this is no disrespect to I mean it's like fucking Newcastle are going to be one of the top teams in Europe in the next couple of years, along with Man City. Fuck off, like, Seriously? Damn, I'll, I'll tell you why it
2: won't happen because it's FIFA and UEFA and we, you know, we know what they're like in terms of corruption and things like that. But who's the president of the European Clubs Association at the moment? It's <laughs> Nasser Al Khalifi of PSG. There's absolutely yep. no way he's letting that happen. So, like, it, football is, or at least it feels like it is inexorably broken. It feels like there is no way back. The genie is well and truly out of the bottle and you're you're just not getting those wishes back as much as you'd hope that, you know, they'd see the issue with... Say, you get... Like, it's realistic to think that we could have a scenario where it's Newcastle versus PSG in a run of, like, five Champions League finals in a row, which is a mad thing to say, but, like, if they have that much wealth compared to every other organisation, how is anyone supposed to compete, other than the prestige of okay, well, like maybe Manchester United were someone's boyhood club because they saw them play in Europe, or maybe Juventus were someone's boyhood club because they saw their success in Europe and things like that, but you know, football is a short career, I don't I don't necessarily blame anyone for taking the money and running, but just be honest about your reasons. That's all I'm asking. Like When, when the players start signing for, for for Newcastle, like just say it's for the money, please, because if I have to hear one player say they grew up idolising Keith Gillespie, like I'm done. Like I'm absolutely done with football.
1: I think Paddy would uh, be like, are you serious? Of course we idolise Keith Gillespie.
2: Like,
1: I, I can honestly see this year, now that this has all happened, and you kind of see it has happened with, with the other big teams, everybody will be out to beat Newcastle now. And they know at the current time they're vulnerable because they haven't got the players in yet. And I imagine they won't get enough in in January. So there's still a good chance everyone's going to go after them and try and get them down. I I could really see that happening. Um, But uh, I, I can't really dip in Newcastle PSG. I know that's just obviously us just talking for a talk second. But... I can really see teams just going after them in the future. Now it's the same as City now and um, Chelsea. You know the Liverpool's like when when you play the top teams, you want to beat them. Yeah, and all these foreign players coming over. Well, when they're playing against the likes of your Burnleys and Brightons and all them teams like that, really go in hard and don't hold back. And They mightn't have it all their own way, and they probably won't. But it's still fucking annoying. Like when you're you're seeing these teams who have been. Mid table at best, relegated a few times up and down the leagues, which to be honest, I should never really have happened to Newcastle. Like, they probably shouldn't have got relegated as much as they have over the last 10 years, but yeah. Um, Hopefully, like Phil said, it will just be that second tier of players. Like, I could see the likes of a Raheem Sterling going to Newcastle. I, I actually texted my mate today and said Tommy Abraham would be a great signing for Newcastle. <laughs> like He's went to Roma and he's doing well. Scored for England last night. But I mean, if they come anywhere fucking near Kawasaki, I will fucking rat. They better not, just stay the fuck away. He's better in red and white than black and white. So please, go away to him.
2: Can anyone tell me the last time Newcastle finished in the top five in either the first division or the Premier League? Did they finish
1: Was it under Pardue, Yeah. 2012.
2: 20, 20, they finished 19th in 2012. Uh, well there you? Are. No, sorry. Uh, was it under was it under Pardew? Sorry, I'm just trying to get there hang on a second. <laughs>
1: I know the Parthos for a Champions League spot um, yeah. about ten years ago. Because I remember we actually beat them two one at the. Sorry, end of-
2: you're right. It was sorry, it was 2012. I was looking at the wrong year. Yes, they finished fifth in 2012.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. That is the only time they have finished uh, in the top five since 2003. They had a great run. At the start of the two thousands, eh, fourth, third, and fifth in two thousand and one, two, and three, uh, yeah. and then just went to nothing. And you're right; like there's no way the Newcastle are too big a club to have been relegated the way they have. That's absolutely true. But are they a make up the numbers Premier League team? Absolutely, there is no question. Um, they're not anymore. <laughs> they're not anymore. Yeah, that's in overnight they have become a super club. Like that just feels so wrong. Like whatever about building it up from you, whatever about bringing in a coach like Jurgen Klopp who takes you over the top, that's the right way to do it. And, you know, Newcastle fans are probably listening to this and won't give a shite the way Manchester City fans don't give a shite. Would you just call them a super club now? Oh, oh yeah. No. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 When, yeah.
0: Your
2: owner, when your owner is worth more than all the other Premier League clubs combined, you have to be this yeah, a they've a Yeah, they've, they've, they've,
0: they've a massive pot. But like, they are absolutely dog shit at the minute. Yeah, but, but what else to find? Nah, like, yeah,
2: yeah, if
0: if, like when Man City got, uh, uh, their owners in, I was like, okay, cool, you have got owners in now, you're gonna buy a couple of players, but it still wasn't like, mm, I'm not really that worried about Man City. I took them five or five or six years, whatever it was. I'm still overly not
1: that worried about Man City. I don't really care too much about them either. No. So I don't know. It's who who would you define fellas as the? the super clubs well in England just well see
0: I I, I am I, I'm 33 in age but I'm 63 in, in mind like the the like we had this argument before I don't even think you were on the pod at the time Steve where people were arguing I don't know if people were arguing on the pod or people had we'd seen someone talking about it and we had started a debate where people were saying Inter Milan aren't a super club aren't a big club not a big club, yeah. And I, oh, my, I my mind best, was, I that they my mind club. was absolutely blown by the, like so. For, so the big clubs, the uh, super clubs. I hate that name, but the big traditional clubs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United, uh, and now obviously then we, we've had Chelsea over a period now. There, so they're in that mix. Man City have come up with the money. That's grand, but of t- traditional clubs. Then uh, across Europe, obviously you've got. Uh, Barcelona, and Madrid, Atletico Madrid, even Bilbao were really, really successful years and years and years ago. And then they dropped off. Then you have in um, in Italy, Juve, Milan, uh, Inter Milan, Rome, Roma. Do, do you know what I mean? Uh, in Germany, you've obviously Bayern and, and and things like that in Dortmund. Uh, that's the way I would look at it. So, like for I me, am, am I see for, for me? I would define it as. Regardless of what the money they have, and and the, and the pl- the caliber of players they they have got in, um and whatever and the wages they're able to play, in my opinion, I would still have Inter Milan ahead of Manchester City. Absolutely. Regardless of what UEFA coefficient, regardless of what people think, other people think. In my head, Inter Milan, Juventus, AC Milan, then there's Man City and, and PSG behind them, even though. In football terms, they're, they're probably ahead of them, and Newcastle like and I my, one of my best friends like Conor Portis is a massive Newcastle fan, and I've talked about him a few times in this podcast. He gets he's gonna go to games now with his dad, and he they weren't able to do that on the mega because they were boycotting, it, and he lost his Saturdays. He's now got his Saturdays back for him, so that's for him. But Newcastle has a super club because they've got the nah get to fuck with that shit like.
2: Yeah, no chance. I, I, I see super club as being an insult. I don't see it as being praising them at all. So yeah. I think there's a difference between big clubs and super clubs. Uh, and I think all the clubs you named are absolutely big clubs. But super clubs to me are people who have bought their way to cheap success. Um and it's Man City, it's PSG, it's now Newcastle. Like I don't see them, I don't I don't see it as being a compliment to them at all. In fact, I see it as the opposite um the way same way in basketball you describe a super team as a team who've decided that they can't actually win on their own so they come together uh to almost cheat the system and I think it's the same way with, same way with football like it's definitely not a compliment to them. I can promise you that
0: if someone said to me, people i'm gonna give you the chance to go to watch uh go go to uh paris to watch p s g you get uh, free in all stadium tours, meet whoever you want, airing whatever blah blah. You get to watch PSG play, uh, uh, say Marseille in the park and in, in the park of France or whatever. Or you can go to KF and watch Dynamo KF. I would go to KF. They're not saying yeah. they're a bigger club, but there's history there.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? There's more history there. If it was like uh, that, was just a show. uh Matter example, but if it was, there would be no question for me if somebody said to me, "Do you want to go to the San Siro, or do you want to go to the Etihad? Do you want to go to Sa- Do you want to go to? Um, uh, I'll say the San Siro again, no San Siro, or do you want to go to to Paris? Do you want to go to San Siro? Or do you want to go to St James's Park? There's no question. Like, do you know? So uh, yeah, super close. Maybe the right way to def- to frame it, Steve. They do have more more money than anyone in the world now, all the backing, but I just, I don't see it working, if I'm honest, and I don't see it getting to the level that even Man City have got to. There's just something about it where I do not think this is going to work and
1: be interesting to see what happens down the line. It would be interesting if, <laughs> just for argument's sake, these new owners were worse than Mike Ashley and Pumped very little money into Newcastle. <laughs> I mean, barely pay the staff. Like I his really average was like
0: ten million a year, Johnny, net. Yeah. <laughs> so, like on on we on transfers. So I mean, that like it would be, So That would be absolutely on biblical stages for Newcastle fans if that would happen.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you can see what so like. I'll just use the Cronkies, for example, because I, I know more about it than any of the rest of them. The Cronkies are billionaires, like I said, fourth-richest owners in, in, in the league, but they've used Arsenal as a way of making more money for themselves. And that, that's the difference, When I was trying to describe to Breton, and it's probably harder to describe over three tax matches, but like, the Cronkies have used Arsenal to fucking maybe fund this stadium in Los Angeles, and Roman Bromwich came in, and he's completely changed that football club around in Chelsea. Around the stadium, the investment in, in in the first team in the academy, built them a new training ground. He's won them multiple Premier League titles, won them Champions Leagues, and the Cronkies have what? What have the what of the Cronkies done? Yeah, they gave money for Thomas Partey last year. But there's there's not been enough of that. There's not the, the Amherst has fallen to bits. And that's the difference between the fucking owners, you know. There's these billionaires to come in and actually pump money into these teams and make them successful, and then there's other billionaires that don't give a fuck. And that, and that's the difference. Like our uh, blog listed off a number of teams that billionaire owners, like, see Wolves and Leicester and stuff. And yeah, Leicester have came in and, and they've been successful. Like let's let's not get it wrong. Leicester have won a Premier League title and you know an FA Cup and in the Champions League. And if you're going to have these sorts of billionaire owners, like I suppose Leicesters aren't the worst in the world, are they? Like we're not really sitting here chatting about, about Leicesters and how their owners have put money into their team. No, I, I mean, I mean, there's probably wrong everywhere across these Premier League clubs, and I think I mentioned to you on Thursday, Phil, that I think eventually every Premier League club's going to be owned by a foreign billionaire, and it's just going to be you know a billionaire's playground. It is pretty much that at at the moment, but it'll absolutely no doubt be that in the future. It's just it's not the game we grew up watching, or our dads, or you know grandads and stuff like. It's it's gone to shade completely. I, th- I, th- I think I <laughs> it's gone to shade. I think I asked you this
0: on Thursday, Johnny. So I'll let Steve go first. Um, how would how would you react if this was Manchester United being bought? By this ownership, the the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia.
2: I'd be done, I think. And I I know I would be done. Um and to be fair, as I said, I mentioned earlier on, like United have rejected the advances of the Saudi Arabian government to invest in the team for 30 years. Um and I'm glad that they have as well. It's yeah, I just I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like there's there are some owners that are so apparent that you just like it it becomes not enjoyable it becomes cheap to support the team when that is the only way you have success so for me i'd be out i'd be out like ronaldo signing has pushed me close anyway um so maybe i'm primed for for an exit but yeah, yeah no I, i'd be done it, it wouldn't even be that harder question either because the club i grew up supporting wouldn't exist anymore it would be a very different entity altogether and they might wear the same jersey they might have the same badge but it wouldn't be the same spirit it wouldn't be the same you know like and remember i like when i started supporting manchester United. they were shite they hadn't won a premier league title or first division title in over 20 years like it's not like i've only ever known success i've been there for the bad times i've been there for the good times like all through it all, it never felt like we weren't on a leve- level playing field with everyone else that we're playing against. We were just better coached. We made better signings. It wasn't down to the fact that our owners happened to be the hereditary heirs to an oil fortune. <laughs> like That's the difference. That's the difference. And, I, I, and I'm sure as, you know, City fans and Newcastle fans, PSG fans, all 12 of them, are probably all really annoyed listening to this. But that's the truth. Your success is not deserved. It has been bought. Just admit that. You, like, free your mind with the truth because it is not, it is not, like, there are Manchester City fans who probably went to League Two games and League One games and Championship games and whatever, like, or went to League Two grounds in, like, the, you know, League Cup competitions and stuff like that, who can't enjoy this success. I know they can't enjoy this success because they know. They know it is built on quicksand. Um, and then, to be honest, the other thing as well, as soon as Pep fucks off from City, that's a team in trouble as well. So, it's not, I don't think Newcastle are instantly guaranteed success. We see the problems with is having a PSG and trying to, you know, put a superstar team together. So, a lot of this is just frustration with the Premier League and allowing this to happen, but some of it is, like, it is worth probably when I don't feel as annoyed about it all, Um, thinking about what it actually means from a football point of view and how getting the right coach in and, like, as we talk about all the time with Manchester United, like, with Solskjaer and replacing him, who's out there? Like, is is Klopp going to jump to Newcastle? Probably not. Is Tuchel going to leave Chelsea? Conte. I don't know. Like, again, like, is he going to play the right style of football for, you know, these new owners and the type of players that they're going to want to sign and stuff? Like, there's all these questions that still have to be answered from a purely footballing point of view. But I'm glad we, I'm glad we focused on the off the field stuff tonight as much as anything else, because I think it's worth saying. And, and a lot of podcasts that I've listened to, a lot of things I've read has kind of skirted around that as well. Mike Ashley was bad too. And it's just two aren't comparable. They're just not like, um, so, yeah, that's a very long way to answer your question, say, yes, I would be done with Manchester United if, if they had sold to, to this crowd.
0: And, Johnny, if the Cronky sold to PAF, how would, how would you feel about
1: it? You see, I, I wouldn't be a hypocrite and say that I'd be delighted, because, I mean, I cancelled my membership with Arsenal this year because they signed up for the Super League. Um, and I haven't got it back, by the way. So, I mean, I was dead serious on walking away at that stage. Uh, no, I, I would rather I would rather Arsenal be be fan owned or by you know maybe a local Arsenal fan who so, somehow has a wee bit of money behind them um, to own the club and cares like uh, It's it's completely against everything that. That I kind of believe in in football and, and how it should be, how it should be run. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't back it. I couldn't, and if I did, I'd be a complete hypocrite. So, no, I just I wouldn't do it. It, it would be me done. Uh, I'd go support Dial Square, who are a breakaway club of uh, a lot of Arsenal fans who've started up. You know, Dad Square with, with the original Arsenal. That's what Arsenal's first name was, and they've set up again in London. So. I'd support Tottenham like that. I, I just would have fuck all to do with it. It's been very fragile relationship with Arsenal over the last number of years. Um, kind of, been like I said, we, we talked about it, Phil, after we beat Tottenham that there was that feel-good factor. Uh, and in a way, the Newcastle takeover has kind of made me feel a wee bit shit about even my own club situation now because The Arsenal, I think, think in a way, are trying to do things maybe right by trying to build a squad with young players and and bring in the likes of Tavares and Sambi Lakonga, you know, on cheap deals, which are proven to be decent players. But you can't do that now, you can't compete with the likes of your PSG, Cities, Chelsea, by by doing that, you know, because they're just going to go out and buy the world's best. I don't feel like you can build a squad with, with all this young talent anymore because they're going to be absolutely exhausted, <laughs> Jason. Like, we've seen what Arsenal were against Man City at the Eddie had. They got they got absolutely hoofed because City are just full of world-class players, you know, all over the place and on that came off the bench. Uh, and I think even for, for us to even compete, you know, we need to get with the programme and we're not. It's it's just not, It's no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't back it, I'd be done, completely done. Um. I, I think even with the Super League chat we had uh, a couple of months ago, I, I think we all know Phil, like, between us, I, I don't think we'd, we'd be bothered at all, so, yeah, I'd be done.
2: Yeah, it would be, well,
0: yeah, I, I think there's no way, it would be out the gap, as they say, if Liverpool Football Club was bought over by this uh, group, uh, this, Saudi Arabia, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, like that, like, like that's like something you'd see on Colombo, like, you know what I mean? And then him solving the crime eventually. <laughs> it's so, like, do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not even Colombo, so that's disrespectful. It's like Scooby Doo, <laughs> you know, and then him. Like, I like that. My mind's blown still by the fact that that was allowed to pass, and that no, <laughs> like, no lawyer went or whatever went. Uh, hang on. I know there's supposedly strict rules in place where if they break a certain, uh, I'm not sure what it is that there's the rules they can't break. If they do, then they, they get uh, basically bolicoed and think they get sunk down through the league or something like that, There, whatever it is, but. We all know what'll happen there, like, and how that'll never come to pass. Um, but it, it I think, I you said a line there, Steve. We sort of you're on the periphery of possibly, you know, bouncing basically from support Manchester. United. I feel like I I live on that with Liverpool, even though, um. FSG have done a lot of good things, but there's just they're always. I'm just burnt basically by the the the, the crack that they try to join the Super League, and I'm always wary of them now. Um, we'll go on next, so that would be my thing. If and and, and that would be the perfect out for me if they were to sell to someone like this. And it's not. Don't get me wrong. If they sold to, uh, I'm a massive Liverpool fan who, uh, was a billionaire, brilliant. Brilliant, there you go. we've soul sound brilliant. But it's 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 not that and it's not the money, it's not the the fact of three hundred and twenty billion worth or whatever, it's not that for me. Whatever. Other teams have all that wealth and our teams can still beat them. We've all proven that in certain games, certain times. Um but it's the it's the human rights, it's the lack of equal rights, it's the murder of journalists, it's it's when you read into it. It's how that Jamal Kazogli was murdered and what went yeah. wrong and what what happened. It's absolutely hor- horrific. It's barbaric. It's how they treat the LGBTQ community in their own country. It's just like, no, nah, that's that that would be for me. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to let Finn even support them. I would change. I would plant the seed in their head to someone else support and, and take take away from it. But. Look, I'm glad we spoke about it. I know the other two lads would have liked to have got involved too. They just couldn't tonight, and I'm sure they will down the line. But before we just move on and finish up tonight's uh, show, to come away from talking about Newcastle takeover, we'll finish off on a little bit of football. Steve, Stephen Kenny got a big win last night.
2: Yeah, he did and he didn't. Like, I mean it's just azerbaijan and i think it's been talked about as if yeah I'm... but luxembourg yeah uh, oh look, I mean? yeah look i get it i get it like someone someone made a good point to me that if uh giovanni trapatoni had a start at the way stephen kenny did he'd still be manager with all the goodwill that kenny has had uh because look there's there's just i i don't know like there's There's more than just what's happening on the field going on here. There's all the stuff that's going on in the FAI, right? That's part of it. And, you know, trying to recover from the John Delaney era. There is a huge amount of people who are willing Stephen Kenny to success because they want people to take the League of Ireland seriously. And a manager coming from the League of Ireland, you know, is a massive thing. And like last night, you know, the third goal came from a player who was told he wasn't good enough for a League of Ireland club. You know, uh, that's what they see as the standard in the League of Ireland. So there's loads of stuff going on. I personally am a Stephen Kenny fan. I like the way he's trying to get them to play football. But what he's I've noticed in the last, the Portugal game, the Serbia game, and this game is that he's also realised that there's a time and a place to hoof the ball along as well. Like Ireland played beautiful football for the first 15 minutes of the game last night. Then they sat back and waited for the counter attack and eventually got their counter attack goal to make it 2 0. You can do both. Like you can play really, really nice possession passing football and you can do the long ball stuff when you need to and the counter attack stuff when you need to. So I thought it was. There was a something very satisfying about finishing the game with three teenagers playing as well last night. Um, I think we are. With a very good defense, I think the goalkeeper has the potential to be one of the best goalkeepers in the world. There's something there's something about Gavin Bazuna that's just really, really special. And it has to be to keep keep Cuevie and Kelleher, you know, out of We're we you know, Ireland are blessed the goalkeepers at the moment. It's pity one of them can't play center forward, but like that's that's another story. Like 18 chances last night, and you know, realistically they should have come away with five or six goals, not three, but there are other games where they've played better and they haven't scored at all. So like in in that sense, I'll take it. A win is a win. And, you know, he's the lowest win percentage of any manager in, in, in Irish football history. Uh, But I do think the signs are there that things are getting better. I just hope he's given, I just hope he's given the chance because of an awful feeling because the FAI have consistently made terrible decisions. I just have a feeling that he might not get the next campaign, and I think he deserves it. I think he's shown enough in terms of his willingness to change formations, his willingness to do different things that we've never done before as an international side is is worth hanging on to. I think it's worth hanging on to. I think the player, and this maybe is a problem for Northern Ireland as well, the players aren't good enough. Um, they don't play at a high enough level. Like I was, I was talking to Mate today. Um, in the car, we we're coming back from training, and we were talking about the two thousand and two World Cup. And Ireland's worst players at that World Cup were playing at mid-level Premier League teams, and now our best players are playing at bottom of the Premier League teams, and that's the difference. And people need to to kind of set their expectations, and I think. What Kenny has done, and I think this is the best thing he has done, is reset those expectations. And again, it comes back. It was just Azerbaijan. But they deserve to be Portugal. They absolutely deserve to be Portugal, and they were robbed. I think they've been better than Serbia in both the games they played Serbia. So there's lots and lots of positives. It's just hoping that the FAI see those and don't make a rash decision because are they going to bring Nick McCarthy back? Fuck that. Like, we know what that football looks like. I don't want to see that again. I want to see a team that tries to play. It's not been rumored. No, no, not necessarily McCarthy, oh, right, because, right, right. yeah, like who who's the options? Like it's Chris Hutton or Mick McCarthy? Like that seems to be like Big the, sa-
0: big uh, Sam Alada, state no bother.
2: Oh, for fuck's sake. Like do you know what that was actually <laughs> that was leaked and I honestly think it was leaked by a pro Stephen Conley journalist or pro Stephen Con or Stephen Donnelly or ugh, Stephen Kenny sorry. Stephen Kenny. Know. Stephen Kenny, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm talking about the Irish health minister there for anyone who's confused by who Stephen Don is. Uh, Stephen Kenny, I think it was leaked by a pro Stephen Kenny journalist because like the, the, the thought of Sam Allardyce is so bad that anyone, they'd put me in charge and it would be better than, than Sam Allardyce. So, look, at least we didn't get a player sent off for time-wasting after 37 minutes of the first half. So that's all, like, it's all good from there. So...
0: Yes, well, we'll let Paddy, Paddy come back and chat about that and what went wrong for Rowan Ireland against Switzerland and the fact that player got sent off for time wasting, um, thirty-seven minutes, second yellow card in the first half. Uh, it's some going actually for young young Jamal Lewis there for him. Um, I think that'll possibly do us for this week's babble on this. The two lads of anything else they want to add. Fucked up. That's all. At them uh, and also, I text Steve during the podcast. There, Raphael Varane has got injured, folks. Running really Manchester United fans that hadn't heard from last night or listened to this on Monday morning, uh, Varane got injured, and there was nobody near him as well, which is be worrying, Steve. Mm, not good. That's never. That is the worst when you at see. A, that
2: uh, a by Lindelof centre half partnership. Wow, that's going to be fun.
0: But well, hopefully that holds f- for the twenty fourth of October. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that'll do us, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Look, let us know what you think, especially of tonight's podcast, um, chatting about the Newcastle Takeover. Get in touch on our social media channels on Instagram and Twitter at uh, The Football Babble. And get us on all your podcast apps. Just search for The Football Babble and you'll find our podcast up there in your link. Um, Johnny, do the Patreon link for everyone, please. patreon.com forward slash footballbabble. Thanks very much folks Me and Johnny will speak to you again on Thursday night And enjoy the rest of your week, good luck Gronky out